My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... Hi, friends. Welcome to Why Bloody Valentine. I'm Rich, and I'm here with Carolyn. And we watched Ghostbusters 2. What a great time it was. Such a classic. So many laughs and smiles and quotes. Mm-hmm. So we'll jump into the cast. The cast needs no introduction, but we're going to do it anyway. All of them have been talked about on the podcast before, so... If we miss anything, you could probably go back and catch what we said about him then. Ghostbusters 1 specifically is going to cover all of these people. First, Bill Murray. Where do you even begin with this fucking legend? This superstar. This icon. I begin with the Ghostbusters franchise. That's my favorite. But you got Caddyshack and Stripes, the Wes Anderson films, Little Shop of Horrors, Groundhog Day, just too many to name. Mm-hmm. Low key, like I know he got he has this reputation of being like a quirky like fun uncle now. Seems like a real fucking pain in the ass to work with. What do you mean? Well, there's just all these stories about how he has like this number that you call to give the pitch to for the movie. You don't actually know if he's going to show up for the movie until the day of shooting the movie and stuff. Um, he can be a bit of a diva, apparently. Hmm. So his genius comes with a cost, and it's him kind of being a fucking pain in the ass. I can see it. I, I think I agree. Because he has this like, oh, Bill Murray might show up anywhere thing. Yeah. And people like love him now. And there was a documentary about him, which was very flattering, I think. But... It's not very professional. No. If you're trying to get work done, Bill Murray seems like a royal pain in the ass to work with. Even though I love him. Mm-hmm. He does seem like he's kind of a pain in the fucking ass. So I guess we'll jump into the next one. The late Harold Ramis, may he rest in peace. Comic genius. Um, he kind of is overlooked for his genius and his contribution to comedy because a lot of people just kind of see him as Egon. But that's like far from the only thing he's done. He's most known for that, but he's the creative mind behind Groundhog Day and Caddyshack. So he directed Groundhog Day and Caddyshack, these two unbelievable comedies. Groundhog Day was what effectively ended his friendship with Bill Murray. They only reconciled a few months before Harold Ramis died. Really? Yeah. Because Bill Murray was such a pain in the fucking ass on that movie that his friend Harold Ramis wrote and directed. Wow. Like wanting changes, all kinds of shit. That I think I think the story is Harold Ramis like got physical with him because he was such a pain in the ass, like grabbed a hold of him. Wow. And it ruined their friendship for twenty plus years. That sucks. Dan Aykroyd is Ray. Again, he's another comic legend. I wonder if we'll ever see something like this again. Something like what? Ghostbusters? Not Ghostbusters, but this group did all these movies. They did Stripe. Oh. Like they're they're like very incest- incestuous with their work with each other. They're in each other's stuff all the time. Almost like Adam Sandler. But Adam Sandler is the clear driving force behind that. Mm-hmm. Whereas with these guys, uh, maybe like Harold Ramis wrote the best movies or whatever. But they all had their contributions to everything. Dan Aykroyd, Ghostbusters 1 classically, like his idea. Bill Murray, superstar, the obviously the most famous of the actors that came out of that group. Mm-hmm. But they're all in each other's stuff. So like Bill Murray's in Little Shop of Horrors with Rick Moranis, who's in this. They're all in Stripes together. Bill Murray in Caddyshack, which was Harold Ramis. These guys just all worked on each other's stuff all the time. So they were obviously friends. 
And like Hollywood doesn't make comedies anymore, not like standalone comedies, really. Mm-hmm. You don't see it anymore. You get them on Netflix every once in a while, but there aren't comedy blockbusters anymore. It's Why? N- I don't know. I guess. Well, everything's a franchise now, and Ghostbusters became a franchise, but Ghostbusters didn't start as a franchise. Ghostbusters started as Ghostbusters. Everything's a franchise now that Hollywood is putting their money behind, and they're starting. it's actually starting to fail. Like, it was so predictable that every movie can't be a fucking comic book movie. But Hollywood wants IPs. They want to be able to keep making basically the same movie over and over, and they don't really focus on stars anymore they want to be able to make these movies where the the property itself is the draw not oh brad pitt's in this movie or tom cruise is in this movie they want oh it's a marvel movie and you can put who kind of whoever the fuck you want in it so comedies don't really fit that plus people are offended by comedy a lot now so it's risky to make snowflakes yes which you would think listening to our podcast throughout the whole run of it, like we're pretty we're pretty liberal, I mean, to say the least. My liberal streak does not extend to movies really. I want like offensive comedies and offensive movies. I think they're good. I think they're necessary. But people can't be afraid to make comedies because now we don't fucking have any. Mm-hmm. And we're going to include Ernie Hudson as Winston. He's so often left out of things, and I have no idea why. He wasn't even on the poster for the original movie, even though he's one of the four Ghostbusters. It was only those three. Yeah. He's in none of the video games. He's barely in this movie. He's barely in the first movie, too. So in the first movie, um, Bill Murray ended up getting a lot of his lines that would have been Winston's lines. Mm -hmm. So it's somewhat understandable Winston had a bigger part and was supposed to have a bigger part in the first movie he was supposed to be in it from the beginning instead of showing up in the middle didn't I don't understand it at all he talked about it a bit on Howard Stern though he said when the posters came out I'm not on the poster it took a long time I went to the 30th anniversary release of the movie and all the posters are three guys now I know the fans see it differently and I'm so thankful for the fans because the fans basically identified with Winston especially young I don't want to say minority kids but a lot of kids and he's so right about that I think Winston is like the working class guy in this movie. He's not a scientist or anything like that. He's by far the most relatable character in the movie to the vast majority of the people that see the fucking movie. Right. And he's hardly in it. It's probably... So even after 30 years, he's still not on the poster? He wasn't for that anniversary thing, but like the studios put that together, which he also elaborated on a little bit. He said... I was the guy who was brought in, and so finding my place in the middle of that, and they were all welcoming and inclusive. The studio wasn't, and the studio continued not to be. So it made it very, very difficult because I was a part of it, but then I was very selectively pushed aside. So what it sounds like is the people making the movie, Ivan Reitman, um, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, all those guys were super inclusive of him, made him a part of the movie made him feel comfortable he has no ill will whatsoever to any of the people involved in the production of the movie it's the people that funded and put out the movie he seems to have a issue with the studios weird the studios wanted less and less of him in the movies and he wasn't in he wasn't in a um ghostbusters game until that Wii game that came out so all those years of video games he was in none of them wow that sucks yeah it's was he in the first movie yeah he shows up midway through. He goes, as long as there's a steady paycheck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll believe whatever you want or whatever he says. But yeah, he's just so obviously left out of it. And he's even gone on saying, like, I don't I don't want to be the guy that says everything's racism. Everything that's happened to me is racism or whatever. But it so clearly is. Right. It has to be. There's no other, there's no other excuse for it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else you can say because he's awesome in these movies. People like him. He goes to conventions. He gets lines of people wanting pictures, autographs. He is popular. People like him. And it's such a missed opportunity because, especially back then, 80s, 90s, like racism was more way out in the open. You had this opportunity to have this character that is heroic and everything and not based on race at all. Like That's where I got, like when we were talking about woke Marvel movies or whatever, they, they really throw it in your face. And they make it obvious that they're doing it to do that. Mm-hmm. These are women, girl power. They're very obviously doing that. 
Whereas they had an opportunity here to not do it, and they just didn't do it. it re- I think it really sucks for Ernie Hudson. Yeah. And, and I think the only saving grace is, A, the fans truly appreciate him. He's in these new movies, and in the new movie, he is the most successful of all the Ghostbusters. All the other Ghostbusters kind of just lived the life. He became like a business titan, multimillionaire. He was the successful one to come out of it. And is I, he on the covers now? I don't think any of them are on the covers of the new movies. They're also not the main characters of the new movies. Oh, yeah. But I think they kind of did him right by this guy's the one that made it. This guy's the one that really was successful. So I do think they're kind of paying it back a little bit with him in the new movies. Obviously, we haven't seen the one that's coming out next year. But I'd imagine like the the end credit scene or whatever was him restarting the Ghostbusters in New York, the firehouse, all that shit. Mm. It was him. He's like funding it. So he has this big role now and I'm hoping they stick with it and I hope they elaborate on it a little bit more because he fucking deserves it. Lastly, Sigourney Weaver is Dana. This will be her third appearance on the podcast, having also been an alien. And she puts on a great performance. She she is like acting in a different movie than everybody else. Because everybody else is kind of zany and quirky and weird. And she's like the classic actor playing it all serious. She's awesome in this movie, but it is like she's acting in a different movie because her performance is like so good. Yeah. It's like she was rolling her eyes the whole time. Like like her scream when the carriage goes and when the fucking bathtub tries to eat them. Mm-hmm. Like she she's so much better than everybody else. She's such a better actor than everybody else. Because, I mean, honestly, are those guys actors or are they like sketch comedians? It's kind of both. Like Bill Murray's kind of just Bill Murray all the time. Right. They put the silliest one with her. Yeah. Like, that's why I said it was like she was rolling her eyes the whole time. Like, she's trying to be a serious, normal person. And he's like... Being Peter fucking Bankman. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's get into the movie. Five years later, which they didn't really have to say because it is actually five years later, too, in real life. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't even have to say it because it has actually just been five years. Slime coming out of the ground. This is New York City and everyone's being an asshole. This is... This is weird to me because this is the point of the movie that everybody in New York's an asshole. That's kind of that's kind of the point of the movie. Right. That they're too much assholes. They don't you don't really see it too much, them being assholes though. You see it here. Everybody's an asshole to one another. It's like the intro to the movie. But there isn't like all these assholes all over yeah. New York. You should you should see more assholes. People know. Dane is pushing a stroller through the slime and the stroller moves a little by itself then it moves a lot by itself it goes on a wild rampage through the city with the baby in it who does not care the baby doesn't really give yeah. a shit he's laughing he's having a great time so it does stop in the middle of the street no one is harmed no one dies in this movie at all zero deaths zero boobs one jump scare up. oh my god which i could not believe Rated PG, came out in 1989, 108 minutes long. So we get the Ghostbusters theme, baby, and I'm excited. I am so pumped. Ecto-1, zooming down the street, the piece of shit version of the Ecto-1 at this point, because they have no money. They're on the case. The case, a birthday party. That's what they've been reduced to, doing children's birthday parties. And the kids do not even like them. No. They boo them. They want He-Man. Yeah. It's not He-Man, which I'd expect He-Man. He man, he man's a cartoon. <laughs> he ain't gonna be there. It's just Ray and Winston. They're dancing a jig at a child's birthday party. Yeah, they're losers. Yeah, it's and really then, bad. Yeah, they go. They just fucking skip, skip, and go for a beer. Then. So what's happened is they've been sued into oblivion for saving the city. What a way to repay these guys that saved the fucking city. They're somehow the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Like everyone and hates they're them. Not allowed to be Ghostbusters anymore. No. That, yeah, they they saved the city, and then the city said, you're not allowed to do anything like this ever again. Mm-hmm. Like, weird. Dana's off to see Egon. He's the brain, and he's doing science stuff. Nothing's changed with him, really. He's actually studying whether human emotions impact the environment, which, again, that's the movie. They put it all right out there in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Everyone's an asshole. Human emotions impact paranormal activity. 
So Elon's going to bring Ray to help investigate what happened to Oscar. And Dana said that's fine, but not Vankman. Which should let you know that Vankman's going to be there. Yes. Vankman, for his part, is doing a sleazy psychic talk show, which is perfect. Because he's sleazy. He's a fucking con man. In, in the end, Peter Vankman is just a con man. He doesn't even believe in this shit. And, and he was a Ghostbuster and he doesn't believe in it. So, like, <laughs> he is, he's just a con man looking to get one over on everybody at all times. Show is over. We meet the mayor and Jack. Jack is Walter Peck in this movie. So Walter Peck was the EPA guy. Jack is, like, the campaign manager for the mayor. He is, he is that role. Mm-hmm. This movie, I'll talk about it at the end, but this movie is the, the first movie. The movie is the exact same as the first movie. And then we meet Migo, Vigo and Janos. Janos is Dana's boss. She was a musician. Now she's an artist. This is a talented girl. None of her skills are like like practical skills. Like She's not an electrician. She's not like an accountant. She can only do art at the highest possible level. She's in like the New York Philharmonic and she works at the, the New York art museum mm-hmm. as a as a restorationist so her artistic ability is upper echelon no matter what branch of art it is but i don't know if she can do anything else she's quitting though music is apparently a better opportunity for a single mother music Which, is yeah she's going back to the symphony so i don't think that's true i think um if you're in a major symphony orchestra probably consumes quite a lot of your time. I think you do very little other than play your I would think so, yeah. I would think that you're very, very focused on that. And it seems like a very competitive field to be in. Whereas I don't know if there's many people beating down a door to be art restorationists. If you're good at it, it seems like a stable job to have. Janos is in love with her, and Vigo pops his face out of the painting because he notices it. I don't understand why he cared about him like the girl at that moment. Well, he might know that the girl has a baby because she was just talking about having to quit to be a single mother. So he knows he needs a baby. He knows this guy's a fucking rube that's in love with her so he can manipulate him. So let's let's talk about Vigo a little bit. Okay. Okay. The actor that played Vigo is not the guy that did the voice of Vigo. So the actor that played Vigo, his name is Wilhelm von Homburg. The voice went to Max von Sydow. Why would they use two different ones? They did they did record his voice initially, but it was too slurred and you couldn't understand it. He just apparently has the worst voice. Then why use his face? Why not use because of the how with the um, good voice's face? Because of how big and imposing Vigo was. So the guy that played Vigo is like um, a monster, apparently. Like he turned into like a ghoul. The face. Yeah, the guy that actually played him. He was like a boxer, and like he was like a really good boxer, and he looks like just. A crazy person. He looks like a villain. He does. But, like, this was it. This this was the end of his career. He just was nothing after Vigo. Like, that was it. But he was, like, this, this huge disaster. He went to jail for marijuana, which is stupid. But he was involved in, like, prostitution and just violence. He's just a real piece of shit, apparently. And that's why, I guess, he couldn't have much of a career after that. And he also didn't know that they dubbed his voice. He found out at the screening for it and was like fucking furious about it. Really? Yeah. But I mean, if it had to be so bad that they hired someone else to do his voice after recording his voice. Right. Like it had to be. It had to be impossible to understand him. So yeah, two people played fucking Vigo, hmm. even though he's not like a masked person. Like that makes sense when somebody's under a mask, but it's just this dude. So Egon and Ray are studying for the case and Vankman arrives. Vankman tortures Ray for a name about who they're doing the research for. Pulls his ears. Yeah. It works. The three of them go to Dana's apartment and they're going to run some tests on the baby. Some very important tests. (laughs) He has a very high APGAR score, 
mm-hmm. for being an 18 month old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baby is 24 inches at 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> measured sitting down. Maybe ticklish. This is a really thorough examination. These guys definitely know what they're doing. Which, this wasn't funny when I was a child. I was like, oh, this makes sense. Now it's hilarious because they're, yeah. they're, they are finding out nothing about the baby. They're, they're measuring the baby sitting down. Like, right. they don't know how long the baby is because right. that's not how you do a measurement. They measured him from his butt to his head. That was <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> and Apgar scores are supposed to be one minute and five minutes old. Yeah. <laughs> He's 18 months old. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he passed the Apgar test. Yeah. And then they said they want to run some gynecological tests on the mother. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Yeah, who wouldn't? <laughs> so Venkman is tasked with getting a stool sample, and he simply plays with the child. That's what I would do. Because you can't just get a stool sample from a baby. No. What are you going to do? Squeeze it like a fucking tube of toothpaste <laughs> until some shit comes out? That's not how it works. You you wait until he shits, and then you get it. Nothing in the apartment, so it's time to check the street where the stroller stopped, and they hit the honey pot. So it's time to present, pretend to be construction workers, which is easy as fuck to do in New York, because it's just constant construction all the time. They're going to need a deeper reading. Somebody's got to go down there. And it can only be Ray. Because Mur- Murray won't. Egon is not equipped for this job. And Ray's like a lovable goof. So you got to send his ass down there. We cut the Vigo who electrocutes Janos and scares the fuck out of you. Shut up. It was a little jump. I didn't scream or nothing. And Vigo just talks a bunch of shit. But it did get you. And I was surprised. You didn't even notice. I did. Had our assistant not been there and tattled on me, you then you wouldn't even have known. You would have gotten away with it all if it wasn't for those pesky kids. Yeah. He needs a child to live again. Janos is to get him a child. A child? Mm-hmm. He gets some supernatural power zapped into him because apparently the first one wasn't enough because this guy's like a child. And now he's like a child. I love, I love when he asks where he's from and he's like, the Upper West Side. Like, what? Yeah. You're no, you're not. You're definitely <laughs> from somewhere else. Back to the busters, though. Ray is going down that hole. It's some kind of chamber. It's slime! A river of slime! The cops bust up the party as Ray's down there. Ray gets a sample. He needs to be pulled up because the slime is getting him. Mm-hmm. Slime's coming out to get his ass. In his panic, he breaks a pipe, which takes out power down the entire city. The power is out everywhere. So that one wire was the key to all of the city's power, mm-hmm. which... Maybe because they had a great like New York power outage where all the fucking power went out. I think they've had two of them. So like one long continuous circuit. Apparently, apparently it must be so fucked up that one thing could happen and all the power in the city goes out. That's bad. Yeah. Hopefully they've rectified this situation at this point, but I doubt it. Like us when we try to vacuum and have a air conditioner running at the same time. Yeah, that's what New York City apparently their <laughs> power grid is. This includes Dana's apartment, where Janos just happens to be. Janos is unwanted, and he has flashlight eyes. I wonder if she would have let him in had she known he had flashlight eyes, since it was so dark in there. And it's time for the classic courtroom scene. This was like my favorite scene from any Ghostbusters movie when I was a kid. Because they could make the thing dance? No, this is when they're in court. So their lawyer is Louis Tolley. He does tax law. He got his degree at night school, which is good because they were arrested at night. Louis Tully's defense is ineffective to say the least. It's basically one time they he was turned into a dog and they helped him. <laughs> to this judge who already said he doesn't believe in that shit. Very, yeah. very openly. He said, do not bring up any of the paranormal shit. They, they object to Peter Venkman's being questioned by his lawyer. Because the lawyer is leading the witness, but Vangman was leading the lawyer. Yes. So I don't, I don't think you that, and you sustain the objection, but I don't think you can object to that. The witness leading the lawyer. And the judge is an asshole, so the slime starts to bubble. This is when we learn what happens when you're an asshole to the slime. Judge finds him guilty, twenty five thousand dollars each, eighteen months at Rikers Island, and he's a huge asshole about it. Like I think he wants them dead. At one point, he says. Yeah, he started, like, spitting and stuff. Yeah. So this causes the slime to just go over the top, and the Scolari brothers pop out of it. The Scolari brothers! How could you tell who they were? They didn't look like people to me. Well, I'm, I'm assuming since there were two electric chairs, and one of them was fat and one of them was skinny, he just, he just recognized them. 
Okay. That's dumb. He, okay. would, he would recognize the Scolari brothers. I gave him the chair! So they have a restraining order, and they could be exposing themselves if they stop this guy. And you don't want them exposing you themselves. You do not. Order rescinded. Case dismissed. Do-re-e-gon. I love this fucking movie. And there's still only three of them. I don't understand why Winston isn't part of this. He was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was at the trial talking to them. Why is he not involved in I this? don't know. <laughs> I asked you that. Where is he? Yeah, he's there. He's just not ghostbusting. He's like, eh. I don't know if they didn't bring his proton pack because when they were arrested, it was only the three of them. So maybe they only brought their three proton packs. He's at the courthouse. What the fuck? I don't know. Two in the box, ready to go. We be fast, they be slow. Long story short, the Ghostbusters win here. Mm-hmm. And they're back. Which is, we- this is weird because they did this. They're back. They have the fire station reopened. They have a new Janine. Very much inspired by the cartoon. New car. No clue where all this money came from because they were broke dancing at birthday parties four days before this. Yes. So I don't know if rescinding the restraining order opened like bank accounts, also, gave them access to the building. they are constantly getting calls for ghosts now. Um, were, were those people all haunted this whole five years and they just had to deal with it because they weren't allowed to call the Ghostbusters? Or... Are they having more paranormal activity because of goo? Yeah, the river of slime is leading to more paranormal activity. But I would imagine there's been some low-level hauntings ever since the Ghostbusters left. And they just couldn't call the Ghostbusters. Yeah, they just had to fucking live with it. Because, yeah, there are ghosts everywhere again. Slimer is back. And now they're insulting the slime. They're yelling at the slime. Mm -hmm. And it definitely responds to negativity, but they're trying to also see if it responds to positivity. Ray's seemingly fucking the slime. It was heavily implied, yes. Yes, it's always the quiet ones. This is a little more PG about fucking the paranormal than in the first one where he just gets like his dick sucked by a ghost. Yeah. But still, it seems as if Ray is fucking the slime. So that slime probably has Ray's cum in it. Ew. Well, I'm sorry. They're the ones that made the joke, not me. Do you think he pulls out of the slime? It's risky to fuck slime. Who the hell knows? How would you know? I don't know. But it could have some kind of very odd STD that only slime <laughs> Like, who the fuck knows what you get from fuck? It's like fucking an alien. We've been over this. Yeah, you'd do it. It was hot and consenting. Yeah, and it didn't smell like lizard. What does a lizard smell like? A lizard? It likes music. If you put it in a toaster, it will dance. Mm-hmm. Sounds like popcorn. Yeah. Vigo ain't afraid to wink at Dana. Like, you're going to blow your cover, homie. Like, just be a picture for a while before you blow this. Janos does not like Venkman, and he throws him out and confides in Vigo about it in front of everyone, which is also not good behavior if you're trying to keep a secret. And this is where the tub happens. Oscar and Dana are going to get a bath, but the slime has a different idea. So the baby's completely naked, and she's not completely naked. I thought they were going to get a bath together. I don't know if she was just taking off her top. So Babies wet. splash a lot, so maybe she just took her shirt off That's so kinda she didn't get thinking. soaked. Yeah, she wasn't going to get a bath. Only Oscar was. Uh, the tub just attacks them instead. It looks like a Pepto. It looks like intestines made out of Pepto Bismol, and it turns into some weird fucking monster. The tub, tub bends and is. Yeah, the tub becomes part of the monster. Yeah, yeah it's like creased too. It's really weird. So they flee to Venkman's. He has a very cool, very cluttered apartment. All these people with no money in New York have very nice apartments, from friends to Ghostbusters. None of them have any money. All of them have awesome, what would be very, maybe not so much in the 80s when New York was a hellhole, but Dana always had nice apartments. Mm-hmm. I would love to have like a loft, like a whole entire floor of some old factory as my apartment. That seems so cool to me. Now? Yeah, but that's a, that's a very 90s, 80s, 90s thing. The big loft apartment. But I, it just sticks in my head, I think. Egon and Ray are putting the pieces together. It's getting late. Time to put the baby down. You're short. Your belly button sticks out too far. And you're a terrible burden on your poor mother. Put down, su- put down successful. He definitely puts that baby down. 
Ghostbusters show up to the museum in full Ghostbusters gear, which was not necessary. They could because they, they didn't do anything really that required Ghostbusting gear. They could have just went in there with the instruments that they had. They're studying Vigo, photographing Vigo like a model, and Ray gets hypnotized by Vigo, which comes up later, but is pretty much pointless. Mm-hmm. Dana has cleaned the apartment. Vank- he said, oh no, she cleaned. Yes, Vankman is going to take Dana on a date. He got a babysitter and all. And he's also absolutely right about laundry. There's but many levels of clean and dirty. It's not one or the other. Too dirty to go back in the drawer, but not dirty enough to get washed. Correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I'm currently wearing two articles of clothing that are in the middle of clean and dirty. I got neither of these out of a dresser drawer or my closet they're right in the, right there they're so more clean today, than today they'd probably be dirty the shirt will be for sure i don't know about the pants so what i do today <laughs> depends on your day yeah depends on the day it does it depends on the day yeah i mean if you spend the whole day sitting on the couch playing video games there's nothing wrong with those pants no. change your underwear yes duh. duh obviously there's no there's no levels of underwear clean and dirty right. there are clean clean or dirty. Or dirty but bras you can wear a bra a few times probably i don't know much about bras but I believe you. Like, if I get a shower before I go to bed, and I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, uh, I feel like another shower, the underwear get changed. Yeah. They're shower-to-shower underwear. Yeah. No levels for undergarment like that, or even a, a t-shirt, like a, like a t-shirt, because I wear t-shirts to work under my work shirt. Mm-hmm. Those are dirty. There's no levels. Because your armpits and stuff yeah. all over them. Yeah. Lewis likes Janine, and Janine likes Lewis. He's going to babysit with her. The pictures that they're developing are all insane, and there's the river of slime. But all the pictures catch on fire, so there's no proof. The room is on fire. And who saves the day? Our boy Winston. They let him be in the movie for a little bit. Saving the day. Yep, of course. Then he gets to disappear again. Mm, yeah, Yeah, he's in this movie way too little. So the guys show up to take Vankman from his date to go into the sewer. That is the deal they're offering him. Mm-hmm. You could possibly fuck Dana Barrett or you can go to the sewer. He floats this to Dana and she hails a taxi. because She don't want to go in the sewer because who the fuck wants to do that? Mm-hmm. There might be excessive cockroach breeding down there after all. So they're on their own. And another classic scene right here with the train. And... I'm just, like, appalled at this point. I wrote, it's a fucking crime Winston isn't in this movie all that much. He's awesome every time he's in it. He is. Every single scene he's in it, he's awesome. And he's in almost none. And I hate it. That is my biggest complaint about this movie, is that Winston's not in it enough. Yeah. Severed heads just floating there, which would probably scare the shit out of little kids, because this is more leaning towards a kid's movie at this point. And here comes the train. Winston is hit by the ghost train. He didn't even catch the number on the locomotive. He was a little busy. Sorry, I missed it. Just awesome. Ray is missing. Because he was finding the River of Slime. It's like the exact same spot, too. It looks like the exact same portion of the River of Slime. Yeah. So they're going to measure how deep it is, and Winston gets pulled in. I don't understand how they're measuring how deep it is when the line is very obviously going to the side meaning it's getting carried down the river yeah from the second he throws it in right so that's not going straight down the river's flowing too hard right the slime is too viscous right that's so you could possibly do that with water like if if the weight if it was weighted enough enough, yeah you could do that with water but not something viscous like slime i don't think it would just carry it right and it did yeah and him it carried winston pulled him right in egon and ray hop in to save him so it carries all Because that's exactly what you should do is jump in and go too. I mean, what do you do in that circumstance? I don't know. I That's ma- not it. I would say maybe one of them could jump in. They probably both don't have to. One was already in. Well, I mean another one to follow him and try to help him. Yeah, just wait and see where he popped up. Oh, okay. He, he could tell you. Why would you all three? What would it be in Winston if that would have happened in the movie? We never fucking see him again. Probably. You're right. So date night is going great. We got a kiss. Oscar is asleep. Janine invites Lewis to sit with her. And she very much wants to fuck Lewis. Oh, yeah. 
seemingly wants Lewis to knock her up, too. Yes. She would be a very good mother. Yeah. Well, he would. Yeah. You're very good with children. Yeah. The boys are out of the sewer and they're pissed. They're fighting. The negative energy of the slime is doing this. So they strip down. It is impossible to fight with no clothes on. And they still have it all over their faces and skin, but apparently that's fine. You just can't have it on your clothes. Right, because they're very, like, over it once they get their jackets off. Mm-hmm. Their jackets and their pants. Yeah, but it's still all over their long underwear. So yeah. much so that when they go to the restaurant here, he flings it on some lady by accident. Like a ton of it mm-hmm. off his sleeve. So I don't... Could have been a little bit better on that. Because they're still covered in the shit. Right. But like I said, they have to crash the date, which gets the cops called. And it's time to arrest the Ghostbusters, like always. And finally, finally, the moment I've been waiting for in this movie, On Our Own by Bobby Brown starts to play. Well, I guess we're gonna have to take control. If it's uh, okay, up you don't to have to sing the whole song. Us, we've got to enough. take it home. Gotta, gotta, gotta take it home. Gotta, gotta, gotta take it home. That song is awesome, right? When they sing it, yeah. How dare you? I could be just as good a singer as Bobby Brown if I tried. No, you could not. Maybe now. He might be real old. Drugs might have taken it out of him. Dana walks in on these two fucking and does not even care. They were just making out. They try to like make an excuse like they were caught teenagers. She goes, oh, I know what you were doing. <laughs> like, like it was just like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Is, is my baby okay? Whatever. Yeah. Oscar is safe and sound, by the way, for now. So they're apparently going to stay and fuck because she goes and checks on the baby and they hit the couch right again. Right. Yeah. Like she's there now and they're still doing it. Ghostbusters have an audience with the mayor and he should simply believe them at this point. Right. We've been through this. This has happened before. It's real dumb. My, My favorite is he goes, Mr. Mayor. I'd like to tell you that almost ha- half of us voted for you in the last election. That is one. Yes. Because if it's almost half, it's one of four. Right. There's four. <laughs> almost half. I mean, three quarter of them did not. Yeah. And he's like, I appreciate that. Like, do you? So, so yeah, he should just believe them. Like, we've been through this fucking rigmarole already. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. And the assistant, the assistant has him locked up in the psych ward, which is a bad, bad move for everyone. Janos wants to be commanded by Vigo, but he doesn't want to hear his spiel. He's like, command me, Lord. And he's like, I, Vigo of Carpathia. And Janos is so fucking annoying. He's, he's like, like, I know who you are. <laughs> he goes, the scourge of Montavia. Oh, the scourge, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's so annoyed at this fucking guy. Yeah. Who shoots him with electricity. Mm-hmm. So, like, he shouldn't be, like, so condescending. Oh, the scourge, I've heard this. <laughs> He wants to make a deal with Vigo. If he gets the if he gets Vigo the baby, he gets Dana. Which Vigo is amenable to cuz they will be the parents of Vigo. Mm-hmm. So this Vigo's like picking his dad and he picks like the worst dad, like this weirdo. Yeah. Dana flat out wants these guys to leave her apartment, but they're oblivious to that fact. And there's a storm of brewing. The window opens and Oscar's out on the ledge. The only time he ever stands up in this movie is on the edge of that ledge. Dana goes because out. Because to... he's eight months. They can't stand up. I think he's 18 months, isn't he? Was he? I thought she said eight months. Well, whatever it is. It's the only time he stands up in the movie. Because he can't stand up. Okay. She's a baby. So before she can grab him, some nanny swoops in and gets him with her long arm. Very long arm. You can tell in that scene that he's in one of those, like, He's like a harness underneath because he's like, that's how he's like hanging. And she fucking knows it's Janos. Yeah. So she's off to the museum. And that's where all the slime is going too because it's going to Vigo. The slime is rising. Dana has arrived and Janos seemingly surprised. Dana is not pumped about this this um, life he's been planning for her. Right? He, he's like, 
appalled that she's not on board for this. There's slime and ghosts everywhere now. Ladies' mink coat comes alive, and I support the minks, as you know. Right, sunberry minks everywhere. Fuck yeah! If if I could like, so if these are now conjoined minks. If Sunberry ever got like a minor league baseball team, I would. They'd be the minks. Be all over the internet pushing for them to be the minks, Sunbury minks. Cops are fielding all kind of calls. One of them is the Titanic just arriving. Better late than never. Yeah, do you know who that is? Cheech from Cheech and Chong. The mayor is pissed. He wants the Ghostbusters, and he's about to be very upset when he finds out where the Ghostbusters are. Mm-hmm. This gets Jack fired, rightfully so. And yeah, we got he has, the. He has three minutes to get his shit and get out. Yeah, yeah, he's very upset. So we get the song again, thankfully. We get the song three times. This is the second. The last is in the credits. And this song actually gets me fired up. So there's some 80s songs that like get me fired up, like obviously the Rocky ones and all that shit. This one does too. I love this fucking song. So the Ghostbusters are on the fucking scene now, and they're going to proton pack that shell of slime. And it doesn't even make a dent. The crowd boos them like they have a better idea. Like mm-hmm. the crowd knows what to do. Yeah. And why are they there? Yeah. Why... I would not be there. Maybe I, I might be there, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, like the bad idea. That but you I wouldn't would... want me there. No, I would not take you. I would go there by myself. Ray's all heart, though, and he gives a hell of a speech by the guys. And they get an idea from the old New York license plate. Statue of Liberty. That license plate is so much fucking cooler than the license plate New York has now. I guess the rest of the state was like upset that they had New York City on their license plate. Really? Yeah, so now it's just like generic, like, yellow that's and blue. that's what they're known for. Yeah. It's so lame. That is such a cool license plate. The white license plate with the Statue of Liberty on it yeah. is fucking iconic, and I can't believe they got rid of it. They should bring it back, at least for the people that live in the city. That should be their license plate. So we're going to drive the Statue of Liberty, powered by slime, controlled by Nintendo. I'm not exactly sure where they plug the controller in. <laughs> Like, did they just shove the, the cord up her ass or what? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Those cords aren't very long, and they no. were all the way up in her crown. Yeah, I don't Plug know. Plug it straight into her brain. No clue where they... Well, arguably, they are her brain. So, thankfully, she's waterproof, or else all that slime would wash off as she's crossing into the city. Yeah, I don't understand that. They poured it all over her, and then they gave her a bath. Yeah. Well, thankfully, it was inside of her. So, maybe... Ew. Louis Tolley is now a Ghostbuster too. He gets an extra set of fucking clothes, grabs himself a proton pack, and he's going to catch a bus over to the museum. The driver, Slimer. And he, Louis is cool with it. And he gets on. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. This is... this is. Didn't know you had your license, but okay. This is like part of Slimer's baby face run. Because in the original movie, he's a heel. But in the cartoon, he becomes like a baby face. And in this, he's a baby face. In the cartoon, they keep him like a pet. Yeah, he like is their buddy. Mm-hmm. Four minutes to go. Statue of Liberty almost there. It arrives. The people are singing, which causes the shell to open a little bit. And they smash the window and rappel down into the floor. Mm-hmm. Vigo is gone from the painting at this point. Yeah, which means they totally won. Because they did get the, the baby. Over. Yeah, they got the baby. Vigo's gone. All they had to do was break the shell. Yep. Come on. They hose Janos down with slime. But it's really windy outside, and that's bad news in this movie. Wind is bad in this movie at all times. Some tubes wrap up Dana. Venkman, like, I guess hides the baby. He just kind of sits him behind some boxes, like, ten feet from where they yeah, are. he's like, stay right here. <laughs> and Vigo lives. Protein packs don't do shit. And he electrocutes them and paralyzes them, basically. Vigo finds the baby. Venkman kills time by talking shit to Vigo. He's very good at that. Yeah, yeah. He knows his strengths and uses them to his advantage. But the crowd is singing. Positive energy. That's Vigo's weakness. People are too happy. Lewis arrives just in time. Vigo retreats to the painting to regroup, I guess. He's going to power up. Yeah. Ray is still possessed, so Vigo enters him. And he is Vigo. They cover him in good slime and destroy the painting. I, I, I don't even think that needed to be in the movie. Well, they didn't destroy the painting. They changed it. Yeah, they changed the paining. So, I don't know how that happened. No, I don't know either. The slime shell explodes off the building and Lewis thinks he did that shit. 
Like in Saving Private Ryan when he's shooting at the fucking tank and he's deaf and he thinks he destroyed the tank with his pistol. <laughs> Ray feels amazing. He loves everyone, including Janos. They both love each other. The painting has now changed. They're like ancient philosophers, the Ghostbusters, with the baby. It looked like the cover of Three Men and a Baby. Yeah. And that's that. You know what I would have hated to have to do? Return to fucking Statue of Liberty after that. Because, like, you're coming down at that point. Like, that was exhilarating. Yeah, well, you have to clean up your toys when you're done playing with oh, them. Oh, my God, do you? I hate that. Can't <laughs> Dana Barrett take it back? <laughs> no, the mom should not have to take it back. <laughs> Put your own toys away. But, my God, that would be like, I don't feel like doing this now. Didn't I do enough? So, I think part of the reason I like this so much as a kid is that it's more of a kid's movie than the first one. Um, I think what happened here is that the first movie comes out, okay? Pretty adult movie, but it's something kids could like. It's not so adult that kids wouldn't love this movie. That led to the cartoon, which came out after the movie. So between this and the first movie, there's the cartoon, which, which is extremely popular and really good. It's really good. Mm -hmm. So now we have a problem. We have an adult franchise that is now a kid's franchise. So how do you thread the needle? Uh, I don't think they really figured that out. So what they did is just kind of made the same movie, but more for kids. The critics from the time were disappointed with this movie because it's largely just the same as the first movie with a baby in it. And yeah. that is that is extremely fair. It's true. We've got the same montage styles with like the same style of music. A mayor that does, doesn't believe them until it's too late. An ancient demon thing that needs to be brought back in the form of a baby because that's what was happening in the last one too. They needed the gatekeeper and the key master. Mm -hmm. That's penis and vagina to make a baby so they could come back. Mm -hmm. Romantic subplot between Bankman and Dana. A fucking giant walking through the streets of New York and crushing a car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very much is the same movie. But I really like the first movie. So I don't necessarily mind having another version of it. There's less smoking, less cursing, less crude humor. The one thing that confuses me about it, though, is that it's, like, less gritty. Like, the first movie's kind of gritty. You can tell, like, New York's, like, kind of shitty. And they try to make mention of New York being shitty, but you don't really see it in the first movie. You lose a lot of the grittiness with them not drinking beer and smoking and cursing and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's weird to me that the point of this movie is that New York is so gritty now that Vigo's coming back, but the movie's far less gritty than the first one yeah they didn't show that at all there's like there's like two points in this movie like one he has a pipe and one he is smoking a cigar ray but other than that they were like chain smoking in the first fucking movie they were drinking budweiser and shit none of that happens here mm -hmm. which is why i think that was them leaning more towards being a kid's movie instead of an adult movie now that said, it made $215.4 million on a budget of around $40 million, so it was pretty successful um, it was about 80 million less than the original made, which was the highest grossing comedy in all time. So they kind of considered it just a moderate success. They wanted more money, not less money than the original made. Mm -hmm. Bill Murray does not like the movie. He told sci-fi, we did a sequel and it was sort of rather unsatisfying for me because the first one to me was the real thing. They'd written a whole different movie than the, than the one. So he's talking about this movie. They'd written a whole different movie than the one that they filmed. And the special effects guys got it. There were a few great scenes in it, but it wasn't the same. So the only thing he said was good that held up to what he was sold to be in the movie was like the special effects and stuff, but does not like the movie. It also came out at a time when the country was like kind of darker. Like people were not happy with the state of things. So you had Batman came out the same year. The original Batman with Michael Keaton, very dark movie. Um, there's just a glut of movies that were out at the time. So they feel like that hurt it at the box office too, including a bunch of sequels like Karate Kid 3, I think. Mm -hmm. Just all kinds of shit coming out. So it kind of just got lost in the shuffle. Society Change was more negative at the time, like I said. And this movie is pretty positive, actually. Like the message is basically of hope. And if you're nice to one another, things will get better for everybody. That is not what people in the 80s wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I love it all the same. It's such a part of my childhood that all its faults are immediately washed away. I don't like it better than the first one. It's pretty close, though. Um, and it's it's not as good as the first one. 
but it's very, very good, I think, in my opinion. And you love it, right? Oh, yeah. Top of the list? Yes, it's going to the top of the list. And I like the second one more than I like the first one. Though I do like the first one, too. It's not like I dislike Right, that's how I feel about this. I like this one a lot. But because I like the first one more, I don't dislike this one. But I just think the first one is such a fucking masterpiece. I've been over it a million times. I don't need to go over it again. This one's just more fun. Mm-hmm. Which is more me. Yes. You're more fun than I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, that's Ghostbusters 2. Fucking watch it if you haven't already. Watch it again. Yeah, watch it again if you have. It's so fucking worth it. I love those guys. I can't wait for the next movie. Like, I guess people like all right i'm sounding like a pussy but like when we went to see ghostbusters afterlife i was like emotional about it mm-hmm. when they especially when they came back on and i was like emotional about it mm-hmm. and i guess people didn't like that movie as much as i did because i thought it was great yeah we were reading a lot of negative feedback and me and you both really liked the movie right and i don't know how much of that's wrapped up in just being emotional about the franchise right which you shouldn't be i shouldn't be but there's nothing i can do about that i am so again, I'm fucking so excited to see this next one. I can't wait to see it. I will go to the movies to see it. I don't go to the movies, really. But I'll go to the movies to see that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. I'll always love these movies. Except that one that they weren't in. They were in it, but they didn't play their characters in it. And I, Yeah, I don't like that. No, that's... That was why we didn't like that movie. At some point in time, we're going to cover that movie. So I can talk about why I don't like it. For all the reasons that aren't sexism. Mm -hmm. Because that's what everyone else was saying. And you can't really talk about it. Ghostbusters shouldn't be girls or whatever. I don't care about that. Yeah, that was not the problem. No. You you really... I have a hard time talking about it online or anything because it always goes to that. Mm -hmm. And it's not why I don't like it. I don't like it for a multitude of reasons. One of them is, why the fuck would you have every single one of the Ghostbusters in the movie as not them? Right. It's not... like. You're trying to do a nostalgia play there. You're trying to do fan service there. But to do fan service, it has to be related to the thing you're nostalgic for. I can't be nostalgic for these characters playing different characters because those characters didn't fucking exist when I fell in love with the movies that Mm -hmm. you're trying to get my nostalgia for. They really messed up there. Really stupid. So yeah, at some point we are going to talk about it. I know James Rolfe, the Angry Video Game Nerd, famously got just eviscerated online when he said... He put out a video saying he's not going to review Ghostbusters because everybody did expect him to review Ghostbusters because he's pretty we're pretty fucking lockstep on how we feel about the Ghostbusters franchise. Like love it. It's a huge like foundational part of my psyche. It's very important to me and I know it shouldn't be, but it is. So but he got like just eviscerated online because he said he wasn't going to review it because he's like this isn't this has nothing to do with Ghostbusters. This is just something else. Mm-hmm. And it is. It is something else. And For me, it has nothing to do with it being women. I don't fucking care at all. I love the fucking girl that's in the new Ghostbusters movie. She's awesome in it. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the thing that Hollywood does where they're just like scrubbing these fucking movies from the past and changing things needlessly like that. It's fucking weird. You said you weren't going to get into it now. No, we'll get into it when we come. Maybe I'll just fucking pick that movie next. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gotta get a bad Ghostbusters movie on here at some point. So, yeah. Watch the movie. It's great. Um, I have nothing else. Do you have anything else to add? No. Say goodbye, Carolyn. Goodbye, Carolyn.